I'm not sharing these things because I want to dishonour my dad or my upbringing or my parents. I love my dad. He died middle last year and I love him to bits. Uh, But I'm sharing these things because I want to bring hope and I want to bring faith into situations that may be in this room or it may be somebody you know. But I want to share this story because Jesus is totally amazing and mind-blowing what he does in our lives and how completely he can restore us from stuff that's happened to us. So my dad was born in 1926. He was, uh, in those days, he would have been described as being born out of wedlock or he would have been illegitimate. In 1926, him and his sister, that was, that would have been an incredibly shameful thing. Uh, My my grandma would have been very badly thought of. Uh, My dad never talked about those days ever. But I can't imagine that it would have been easy. I would imagine they would have been quite poor and there would have been a lot of bullying going on. Um, And they would have had a hard life. Um, And it would have been tough for them. I don't even know when my grandma met my step-grandfather. But my step-grandfather was a hard-drinking, miserable man. I can't ever remember him smiling once. And now I realise that he was coming home completely hammered. But then I just thought it was a bit weird that when he came home, all he did was go to bed. Um, But now I know, as you get older, you join the dots, don't you? Um... My grandma, who was called Grace, was lovely. She was fun, lovely, vibrant, energetic. She was a hard-working lady, and she used to win at bingo an awful lot. So... To her house, and a new sofa would have appeared, or a new lamp, or a new coffee table. And sometimes Christmas presents and birthday presents were uh, creative, let's say that. Um, But she was loads of fun. Uh, My own dad, compared to my granddad, step granddad, he was like Father Christmas compared to him. My dad did laugh, has a good sense of humour. He provided really well for the family and he taught me how to work hard because he was a hard-working man. And he was quite creative. One of his first years of employment, he was a silkscreen printer, which he absolutely loved. Uh, So he was quite a creative man. Um, He was quite prophetic and idealistic, but that came out as judgmental and critical. Um, He drank far too much and he was violent physically and verbally and was absolutely vitriolic in his criticism of anybody. His reactions to things were extreme and he was subject to rage. So you put all those things together and that is not a recipe for a happy home. And our home wasn't happy. 
I don't have many happy childhood memories. And my teenage years, when I was at high school, were especially difficult. Um, I can remember a few happy memories. Um, But I want to tell you this story to show where I've come from and to bring hope to anybody whose upbringing may be the same. Uh, My church experience hasn't always helped this because I already had what we would describe now as wounds that I was carrying. But I was quite a strong, outspoken lady. (laughs) Who just thought that? Um, Who was passionate about the church and had strong opinions which uh, sometimes in my immaturity I wasn't able to express those opinions in perhaps the wisest or the best way. Let's put it like that. So I think I was a challenge to deal with sometimes. Um, And I had quite a lot of my natural dad in me. So judgmental, critical, you know, I had those things in abundance. All the grief and the terrible difficulties we've had over the years and seeing the way other family members were treated was really heartbreaking for me. And um, I met, me and Andy got married when I was 21 and we began the process of starting a new family on different guidelines to how I'd been raised. But one of the things we've seriously considered throughout our married life is just having nothing to do with uh, my parents ever again, just because it was so difficult. Um, When the children were young, uh, my children, uh, we were very wise about how much exposure we would let them have to my father. My mum was a much gentler creature, so... There was no issues there. Um, We would never leave them with them as a couple unless one of us was there. Because it just wasn't safe. Um, So I'm going to share with you the journey that Daddy God has had me on over the years. And I'm going to share a few things that were key. Although one of my challenges is, because I've been a Christian 40 years, there's an awful lot he's done. you're getting the tip of the iceberg really today. There's a whole load of stuff underneath that I'm not going to be able to cover. Um, And God is uh, what's happened is as I've become more aware of how valued I am to Daddy God and the immense value I have to him and I've experienced all the grace that he's shown me. It's meant that I've been able to rebuild my relationships with people and with my dad. And one of my really precious moments was when he was in hospital last year, I phoned up to speak to him on the world. Well, my dad was 88 when he died and as deaf as a post and didn't have his hearing aid in. So I am yelling down this mobile phone, it's Teresa! 
and I can practically hear the whole ward killing themselves laughing and he's like you what you couldn't hear me so in the end uh, I passed the phone on to the nurse and I said to the nurse tell him it's Teresa and I don't know how she managed to convey this vital information whether she whispered it in his ear or shouted it but anyway I heard his response because he was as deaf as a post and uh, she said it's Teresa and he said oh that's the daughter that loves me and I was like Mission accomplished. Um, and there was a few incidents like that that were really precious, actually. And at the end of my dad's life, he really trusted us. And we were able to help him and just bless him and bless the whole family. Um, one of the things I would have liked, and perhaps I'll do this another week, is I've got a great photo of my dad at my sister's wedding, which was just a really amazing day in terms of just being a joyous, celebratory family occasion. And uh, that was just two weeks before he died. But that was a real high point in my life, actually. That was the accomplishment of seeing so many dreams come true. So that was really good. Such a blessing. Um, when my dad did die, I would love to say, you know, you read these books about amazing bedside conversions and they give their life to Jesus and angels appear and it, the whole the whole ward gets saved. And, but none of that happened. <laughs> but I was having a conversation with Daddy God about my dad a few years ago and he said, will not the God of all the earth do what is right? He said, I'm going to do right by your dad, Teresa. I said, that's enough. That is enough for me. If you do right by me, dad, that's good. That's good enough. Uh, And he is. He's done right by me, dad. And I love him to bits. Um, Only daddy God knows what a hard childhood my dad and my mum had. They were born just before, so they were uh, into the war and experienced all the hardships that went with that. My dad was in the Navy and was in charge of the fuses on torpedoes, putting them in. So they'd lock him in a room with torpedoes and the fuses, and he was on his own just in case there was an accident, and that was his job. It was a job he was born for. He loved risk. And doing that. Um, One of the first things Daddy God spoke to me was from Psalm 45. And I want to apologise. We've got troubles with the laptop, so I can't bring up any scriptures for you. So sorry, please be patient with me. Uh, Yeah, look up your own Bible. Psalm 45. Somewhere in Psalm 45, it says... uh, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. And because I had this whole justice, judgment, um, prophetic edge, at 
actually that caused me a lot of grief and God spoke this to me one day when I was uh, upset about it and saying you know being wired like I am is a real pain because of all this stuff and this is what he said he said because you've loved righteousness and hated wickedness I've anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows and those of you that know me know that joy is a fundamental part of me and it's something I spread and I'm a joy bomb I know it It goes on later in that psalm to say that king's daughters are among your noble ladies. And then it says this, Listen, O daughter, give attention and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. Then the king will desire your beauty because he is your lord. Bow down to him. The king's daughter is all glorious within and her clothing is interwoven with gold and she will be led to the king. God spoke this to me when I was really quite a new Christian and it gave me permission to leave home and to leave my family's ways of doing things. I was given permission to forget what had happened to me and not to live with it currently in my head all the time and it gave me a new identity as God's daughter. And that verse about the king's daughter is all glorious within and her clothing is interwoven with gold, that spoke to me about his glorious riches that he had put on me, but also the amazing cleansing that I'd had through the blood of Jesus. I was glorious within and without. It also spoke to me that my companions would be influential men and women in the kingdom. And I have to say, this scripture, as I was reading and preparing this, this scripture is as new to me now as it was then. Um, I'm still discovering what it means to be a daughter of the Most High God. What it looks like in this time period in my life what it looks like now with what daddy God's called me to I think that's part of our challenge when I was a young mum being a daughter of the most high looked like caring tenderly for my family because that was the responsibility he'd given me and that's what I did but now and I've been as men and women we go through different seasons in our life and what does it look like now in this season that I'm in to be daddy God's daughter and what is he calling me to now and what new challenges do I face in believing him that for the next phase the new things that he's doing with us that I am his daughter and what does that look like um One of the things that Daddy God spoke to me about was about forgiveness. (laughs) No surprises there, really. Um, And I'm going to read you a passage. Uh, I've got it here. It is, it's quite a long passage, but I ask you to bear with me because there's just so much in this passage. When I was reading it again, I was like, man, there is so much in this. So I hope you'll be patient with me. It says, and Peter came to him and said to him, 
Oh, sorry, Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. And Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, "Uh, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to, oh, oh, we've got technology, up to 70 times seven. I can imagine Peter went away a bit crestfallen. (laughs) For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he'd begun to settle them, There was brought to him one who owned him 10,000 talents. But since he didn't have the means to repay... Yeah, I'll read from that version, or I'm going to confuse you. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children, and all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he refused, and instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had... Mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. I want to explain a bit about that parable. It talks about the first servant owed 10,000 talents. If it was silver talents, in those days they had silver and gold talents. If it was silver talents, to pay off one talent would take you 15 years wages. That guy owed 10,000 talents. To pay off that debt would take him 150,000 years. That's 150,000 years to pay off that debt. There was no way on this planet he could repay that debt. The servant owed him 100 denarii. That's like four months' wages. What I've learned is that forgiveness is not an emotional decision, but it is a mental decision. I had to keep forgiving my parents for years, and it didn't feel genuine, and it didn't feel real, but I just knew I needed to forgive them from that passage. I just kept forgiving them again and again and again, and it was a bit like an onion. 
I'd get to a point where I'd be like, oh, I've done it. Yay, that's good. And then God, in his kindness, would bring something else up. And then I'd be like, oh, I need to forgive him again. But I do remember there came the day when something changed in my heart and I genuinely knew I was forgiven and also that in my heart there really was no unforgiveness towards my dad. I felt genuine warmth and love for him instead of uh, rage, wrath and bitterness, which was what I had before. And hatred, if I'm truly honest. Um, I learned that forgiveness doesn't mean that what the other person did was right. It doesn't mean that I will let them treat me like that again, because I won't. And it doesn't absolve them of wrongdoing. But it's not mine to judge, and I don't have to punish them. I'm going to leave that with someone who is much smarter and much kinder and understands the facts a lot more than I do. Daddy God. Um, it also doesn't mean that I'm not going to learn from that experience. So Andy and I were very wise about how much contact we let my dad have with our children. And as I said before, we would always be present if he was around. And there were a few times where we politely asked him if he'd like to go home now. He'd outstayed his welcome. Um, There is an exception to these rules. Um, If what is done to us or to others is illegal... It needs to be reported to the police or the correct authorities. And although we move in tremendous reconciliation and forgiveness and grace and mercy, we also need to have tremendous moral strength because there are times, and because you are all powerful people in this room, this is why I'm sharing this with you, because this will happen to you. You will be in situations where you need to protect people or alert people to the vulnerability of folks that are with you so one of the things I wanted to share but I don't we're not going to record this bit and I don't want you to Facebook um, okay um, this scripture that I was reading if we don't release forgiveness you can see from verse Thirty-four. Oh, well, actually, could you put up... That's brilliant. Could you put up the verse before? Thanks, Matty. You've got to remember the enormous debt 
that we had before God, the enormous debt I had before God, there was no way I could repay him for all the sins I'd done, for all the wrong things I'd done, for all the wrong attitudes in my life. There was no way I could repay that debt. But God loved me so much that he sent the perfect son of God who'd never done anything wrong in his entire life to pay the price for the sins of the whole world. Jesus' blood paid the price for everybody's sin on the whole planet, whoever has been and whoever will be. But that means that there's a responsibility on ours to release that forgiveness to others. Because he says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? And his anger, his master, turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owned. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother. And this is the killer from your heart. <laughs> that is it. If that bit hadn't been there, it would have been tons easier to deal with. That bit there, from your heart, that is a complete killer. <laughs> that means in my heart, I have to have forgiven him. Um... But what I also saw, that if we don't release, if I don't release forgiveness, actually I'm the one in prison. I'm the one that's been tortured, and I'm the one that's in darkness. It's because we haven't grasped how much we've been forgiven. We haven't realised the vast enormous, unpayable debt of sin that has been paid off fully for each of us. We can end up bitter, trapped and resentful. The other chilling thing about this story is that it's not just me that's in bondage. It can affect my whole family. It can affect my children. It can affect my relationships. The whole world around me gets darker and more full of bondage because I'm holding onto unforgiveness. In Hebrews 12:15 12, in the King James Version it says See to it, that's it, look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springs up and troubles you, and thereby many may be defiled. You can see there that that root of bitterness, it not just doesn't just affect us, it actually defiles other people that are around us. Um... Of course, I didn't want this to happen to my family or my church or my friends. I didn't want to have a root of bitterness and be a cause of this infecting other people. Um, So it made me press into God to forgive and to keep on forgiving. Um, 
If we continue to hold bitterness or unforgiveness in our hearts to parents, step-parents, foster parents, people in the church, leaders in the church that have perhaps abused us or been harsh with us, it is a huge blockage to us being able to grasp and understand and fully enjoy the Father heart of God and to know his loving heart and his kindness and his compassion and his mercy and we also devalue the blood of Jesus all that pain and all that suffering he went through so that we could be completely free from bitterness and rage and unforgiveness and anger he poured out his own blood so that the whole world could be fully free of all those things Sorry. Say it again. Not sure I can. That's hilarious. Yeah. Just the blood of Jesus. We don't want to devalue that. It's important that we know fully the huge riches that he has poured out on us. He paid a huge price so that we could be completely free and be completely whole and walk forward completely redeemed from all the harmful and hurt experiences and the suffering that each of us have had, actually. Um, I wouldn't have the great relationship with Daddy God if I hadn't done that. I would still be in the dungeon, in the dark, and I would still be tortured on the inside. I want to implore you to come out of the dungeon if you're there. I want you to fully enjoy the grace and the favour of God. He paid this price and he wants you free. In fact, he is committed to you being free. He wants you to live in a place that is spacious and full of life, where you are free to be the person he always created you to be and to be a minister of forgiveness and grace and reconciliation to everybody you meet and to be a great source of hope for anybody who you come across who has been damaged by life. You can say to them confidently, Jesus can help you because you know it with every fibre of your being. God is so good. He enables us to be able to rebuild relationships with people that have offended or that have hurt us. He rescues us and he repairs broken relationships in an amazing way. Just like he did with my dad. But I've seen it again and again, even with Christians and other people in the body, other leaders. Jesus can give you the grace to forgive the unforgivable. Just year, just this last year, this hit me again in a really powerful way. Just the amazing breadth of what Jesus has done for us. 
So I was interacting with my brother and sister as we were making funeral arrangements and chatting about what to do and how to care for mum. My mum's still alive and she's in the final stages of Alzheimer's and is in, in a nursing home down in Crewe. And bless her, is not very well really. No, she's not very well at all. Um... But when I do these interactions, my brother and sister were reminding me of painful incidents that had happened when we were growing up, because of course they were in a lot of pain. And as you know, I had completely forgotten about these things. These things that I'd spent years forgiving, I had completely forgotten that it ever happened. Isn't God amazing? Isn't he just amazing? He totally redeems every single bad thing that's happened to us. So it is complete, we don't remember it anymore. So I was sitting there quite shocked because I'd completely, it's like I was hearing it for the first time. I was like, oh yes, how could I have forgotten about that? And then I was like, isn't it great that I did? Um, there is great power too in us knowing his forgiveness on us for the mistakes we've made for the way we've hurt people knowingly or unknowingly for when we've offended people for when we've been trying to, my, one of my greatest mistakes is trying to be helpful you know when you're trying to be helpful oh I'll just help God's little helper <laughs> disaster disaster um, in Ephesians 1 7 it says we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with wisdom and understanding. So we've got total redemption from everything in the blood of Jesus. We've got complete forgiveness of all our sins. We have been given all the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us And on top of that, he's also given us wisdom and understanding. We've got the full package, folks. We've got the whole package. There is also an important place, and this was really helpful with forgiving my dad. In James 5, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another your false steps and your offences and pray with one another that you may be healed and restored there is real power in getting some of these grotty horrible things that we've done and going to somebody that you really trust and you know is safe and just confessing it to them 
There's something about bringing this stuff into the light with someone you trust. And then declaring, we have great authority as the body of Christ to actually forgive each other. We can pass on and communicate God's forgiveness to other people. And I want to encourage you that there is tremendous power in that. Tremendous power. Sometimes I think we don't do it enough. Uh, But there is tremendous power in someone wanting somebody trusting you enough to bring this grot and the courage that it takes. But two, that God has given you such authority that you can pray with them, confess it to God, and then release the forgiveness of God to that person. There is tremendous power and authority in that. And we can set each other free by doing that and bring tremendous breakthrough. Um, And at the end of that verse it also says, and the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much, can put into action and make effect, be made effective by God. It is dynamic and it can have tremendous power. Um, there's another good thing that Daddy God showed me about having to forgive so much stuff. Because there were just days where I felt, this is all I'm doing. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm just forgiving. I'm forgiving. And when I think I've stopped forgiving, I'm forgiving some more. And I'm just forgiving. I'm forgiving. And it felt for years like that's what I was doing. But then Daddy God showed me this verse. It's Luke 7:47. And it's Jesus talking. He says, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven, but he who has been forgiven little, loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. I want to suggest to you that the depth of our understanding of forgiveness... And our ability to extend that forgiveness to is directly proportional to our ability to love deeply. So I'm going to say that again because it was so good. So (laughs) I would suggest that the depth of our understanding of forgiveness and our ability to extend that forgiveness is directly proportional to our ability to love deeply. So one of the reasons I love deeply is because of that depth of forgiveness that God's done in my life. And the same is true for you. If you're finding it hard to love people, it might be worth going back to Daddy God and saying, "Uh, is there anyone I need to forgive? (laughs) The next thing I want to talk to you about is grace. This was the next... Oh, gosh. What Shoot. What do we pray into this? this is I'm not going to tell you about grace. <laughs> You'll just have to wait for another week. <laughs> Thank you.
so funny. Gives me more time to find out stuff. Um, <laughs> um, I think it would be really good. Uh, I would love for us to minister forgiveness. Or anything else that in my story that has, that you felt resonated with you. And what I want you to feel at the end of this is great hope and great faith and courage, actually. Courage to go back and to forgive people if you need to forgive them. I want you to feel empowered to do that and perhaps understand a bit more of the tremendous riches that you have this whole ocean of things that daddy God's given to us we chatted about this before That was amazing. That's good. We've talked a lot about God as Father. And and I think what... what, This is part of Teresa's life message is you connect really well with your Heavenly Father when you've forgiven your earthly parents the things that damaged you. Yeah. And I... Don't suspect, I just know there's maybe some folks in this room right now who are wondering, this Father God stuff hasn't really touched me, but actually this morning I'm beginning to think, maybe I need to release some forgiveness to my earthly parents. Today is your day. Today is your day. There's a number of people in this room who have histories that can echo and parallel with some of these truths of shared. And he... Here, here is a trophy of grace you've got free <laughs> Here's one he prepared earlier. <laughs> this could be you. I mean, not exactly like this. Freedom is coming your way. I also feel there's people in this room that this is maybe the first day ever that you get forgiven by God. Uh, and I wonder if we could just pray that prayer together. Yeah, be good. Uh, and then we're going to make an opportunity for individuals. You, you've got to nail this, actually. Guys, if you're sitting there squirming, but on, you know, you're smiling at me, you've got the inside, this, is a, this means today is your day to get free and to meet Father God at a whole new level as you forgive others. Yeah. I just feel there's some people here who they need to first receive the forgiveness of, of God to them. So if we could all just shut our eyes and pray with me, that would be really, really cool. And for some people, this may be the first time you ever pray this prayer. Uh, and just pray after me, either out loud or in your heart, you can pray this prayer and say, Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And you forgave all of my sin. It was incalculable, the price. But you paid it all. And I ask you right now that you would forgive me. Thank you that you do. And I surrender my life to you. And ask you to come into my life.
Amen. So if everybody keeps their eyes closed, all I'm going to ask you to do, if you prayed that for the first time, only I am looking, and I'm looking for other people who are looking, and I'm going to tell you off. Because this is a private moment between... I think there's some people in this room and maybe this is the first time they did that so I shut please please thanks if it was the first time just wave at me I'm the only one who's going to see stick your hand in the air uh, and that's showing me and other and and Jesus that you you did that just plonk a hand up in the air thank you Jesus Thank you, God. We Teresa described forgiveness is a moment, but it's also a process. Uh, but a lot can happen in a moment, and uh, I just feel that there's a moment to nail this for some of you. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes and. If you if you today want to release forgiveness, this is this is going to cost you. But I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you stand where you are? And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray another prayer, and then I'm going to get Teresa to release forgiveness over you, and you're going to feel something. So you need to just pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I will to forgive. Put your name. name Heavenly Father, I I will will to to forgive. forgive Whoever that is. For. For. I release forgiveness to them right now in Jesus' name. I release forgiveness to them right now in the name of Jesus. And maybe more than one person and more than one thing. So just take a moment just to say, Heavenly Father, I forgive my dad for beating me up. I will forgive. I forgive my mum for neglecting me. I forgive. I forgive. Mm. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. That you say, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you cleanse us from all our sins. I just speak that cleansing over every heart, over every mind, over every spirit right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for downloads of understanding the breadth and the brevity of the blood of Jesus and how it has cleansed powerfully every sin, every wrongdoing, that you paid the price for 150,000 years (laughs) of sin, Lord Jesus, that you paid the price. And thank you that you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all sin 
and to lead us into all righteousness. And Lord Jesus, we just pray your cleansing right now, right now in every heart and every soul, that there would be a supernatural cleansing by your spirit, Lord Jesus. And we pray too for that sparkling newness. We just command shame to go and humiliation and any other unhelpful emotions. We just command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. And we proclaim the righteousness and the peace and the glory and the fullness of Christ in every heart, in every mind, in every soul, in every body. We just declare right now the almighty power of Jesus over every heart, over every soul, over every mind, over every body. We speak to any injuries or any hurts, whether they be emotional, physical or mental. And we just speak the peace and the power of the blood of Jesus over all those areas. And as a fellow Christian and as a mom in your body, I just want to speak forgiveness to each one that's standing and even people that are sitting that didn't have courage to stand we just want to release forgiveness to you you are forgiven you are completely forgiven you are forgiven you are forgiven there is nothing to feel ashamed about you are completely forgiven you are completely loved you are completely chosen you are God's son you are God's daughter and he loves you powerfully and Lord Jesus I don't just want these things to be words and just things that happen in people's head what we need is you working deep within our spirits deep within our souls deep within our minds and deep in our bodies bringing your total healing because Jesus we want to see everybody showing your full glory we want to see everybody free to be who you've made them to be. I want to see everybody in this room a minister of peace and reconciliation and grace and hope to everybody they meet. And Lord Jesus, we just, would you all stand? Lord Jesus, we just want to praise you for your amazing blood. We want to thank you for the price you paid for us, that we would be completely free and redeemed and know you and free to know you and I would like us just to give him a big cheer and a clap and a whoop and just to praise him for how good he is.